This week's episode is brought to you by my grocery list, the place for everything I need and never where you last left it. Hello, welcome to In No Particular Order, or INPO for those of you who enjoy acronyms, or as we call them, PWEAs. If you have heard an episode of INPO before, then you know it's been a while since we've last spoken. Well, I spoke, you listened. I'm sorry about that. But if this is your first time listening, then welcome and you have nothing to complain about just yet. Either way, IMPO is your best choice for finding the best album releases of the best week, and I'm your best host, Kane Wilkinson. I haven't quite gotten back to running any of the socials just yet, but for now, feel free to follow at IMPO Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And honestly, I think the show is still available on iTunes. Um, I'm hoping to put that up there soon, at least this episode. Not too long ago, someone took the time to leave a review. I just checked it up not too far back. And somebody left a, a review, and they gave the show three stars. My only review. I appreciate it so much. I was quite pleased because I was worried that no one was actually listening. So that was a nice treat. Three stars, though. Could have at least given me four. You know, not perfect. Didn't even say anything. It was just the three stars they clicked. I don't know. I guess I, beggars can't be choosers. Anyway, on this so-called revival of an episode on IMPO, I have three lovely reviews for you, plus a couple of recommendations of some noteworthy releases this week as well. I always try to do that. Plus, I'm trying something new and fun. If you stick around till the end, there's this new thing I'm going to try to do more regularly called, wait, really? And uh, tune in to the end to find out what that's all about. Mm -hmm. So without further ado about nothing, here is In No Particular Order. Floating in outer space, have I misplaced a part of my soul? Lost in the in-between, or so it seems I'm out of control. Floating in outer space, have I misplaced a part of my soul? Lost in the in-between, but I can't keep me asleep for the long time. album is Half Alive's debut, Now Not Yet. And that first track you just heard was a clip of Still Alive, their hit single from the album. And I gotta say, this album is fantastic. It's colorful, it's so underrated, and it will make your day so much better. For fans of Tudor Cinema Club, Foster the People, Everything Everything, Bombay Bicycle Club, any of those upbeat indie pop rock bands, Half Alive will definitely be your new favorite. And their debut album, Now Not Yet, is probably going to be one of your favorite albums of 2019 it certainly is mine already i'm not even sure how many times i've listened to it all the way through but i love it so these guys they're originally from long beach california it's composed of josh taylor brett kramer and uh, j tyler johnson and they did the best they could of 2018 you know they released a few killer singles made some dope ass music videos and then signed a deal with rca records and now that's 2019 is rolling through the guys have finally released their album it's 12 tracks, well, I'll say 11 because one of them is a spoken uh, interlude, and they all encompass the band's rich and colorful musicality, but they're all a little different. There's varying amounts of energy, form, and quite noticeably audible texture, and if any of you are familiar with the band Sun Lux, which I have done a previous review on uh, last year, 
then you'll find a familiar and uh, comfortable sensation from hearing Half-Alive's Josh Taylor's voice. He's very similar, he sounds very similar to Son Lux's lead man, Ryan Lott. It's this rugged yet smooth edge style that's not quite a whisper, but you can tell it's coming from somewhere deep within his diaphragm. It's quite captivating. But there's a refreshing contrast between Taylor's haunting, whispering vocal style and the chromatic melody-focused twists and turns of the guitar and the keyboard um, that come through. And the album does have a lot of staples from a great indie pop record. You know, it's got the infectious melodies and danceable percussive rhythms, but it's also an extremely unpredictable album. Um, For example, opening track, OK, OK, there's an amp, an electric guitar, and you get a couple hard strums, and then suddenly you're expecting this intense rock album, which confused me at first, and then it just switched into their smooth indie pop music. Even their bigger hits like Runaway and Still Alive, they have this structure to them um, that almost resembles like a three-act play, then more of just a traditional song. You know, there's different harmonies, rhythms, and layers of textures, and each song has its own foundation, but they play with those different components in a very interesting way you can kind of hear each instrument has its own kind of moment in the songs which is really cool Um, i also highly recommend checking out their music videos they've done some very cool stuff uh, very fancy camera work choreography colors lights Um, it gives all the songs extra layers of creativity and artistic character and combining that with the album itself uh now not yet is a fantastic album i'm going to give it a solid eight out of ten um and you can Find the band online and on YouTube and everything if you want to give them a follow. Alright, next up is Fora, uh, their new album, Can't Buy the Mood. And first off, I want to start by saying that we all know the pop industry has seen this increase in enlisting massive, massive teams for individual artists to help create their music. Um, Like not even commenting on the genre or the sound of the music itself, just the simple fact that they're able to compile these massive groups of people to take content and inspiration from, like hundreds of producers and songwriters, and they just pick the very best and spit out a product at an insane turnaround rate, right? We all know of that. It's been happening for years and so much more nowadays. But when you hear a band put in 100% of their own work, you know, writing, composing, producing, plus the album design and artwork, it's hard not to get a little excited. And then you listen to the album and it's shit. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's not, it's not at all. Um, well, that does happen a lot of times with indie bands. Now I feel like I'm just backpedaling here. But what I'm trying to say is Tora, this Australian electronic group, they're not only able to boast the full artistic effort of their work, I guess, but also a solid 13-track album. It's like the ultimate group project in university, and they are totally getting an A from this music professor who does not have a PhD. So this is the uh, Byron Bay Boys, as I call them, sophomore album. They are from Byron Bay, Australia, um, and they're boys, which explains that. And this sophomore album is a follow-up to their critically successful 2017 debut, Take a Rest, um, which I also highly recommend listening to, especially as a precursor to this one. So Can't Buy the Mood is this 13-track effort that modernizes um, the electronic synth genre with more sultry and uh, soulful elements and textures. And you can hear 
doses of funk and pop and even house music in there too, which makes it a lot more fun as you kind of move through the tracks. And lead singer Joe Lowenthal, he has this haunting and soft folk quality that is extremely reminiscent of James Blake, which is not a bad thing at all. The fact that you can sound even close to him and that's such an appealing style is a wonderful thing. And his voice glazes over the ambient synth chords and minimalist percussion, especially on tracks like Bring Me Down and opening song Deviate and the second song Mother Forgot. Um, that song in particular is quite interesting because it, um, it's got such a soft, smooth layer to it. And it juxtapositioned against this lyric, I'm a crazy motherfucker, which is quite kind of head jogging, but fun at the same time. And surprisingly, there's a, quite a bit of uh, melody hidden within the album. You almost have to listen for it. Uh, there's some soft keyboard and synth riffs that are casually littered throughout the album. And uh, there's a nice rhythm guitar that adds some harmonies and funk on some more upbeat songs like Morphine and Mother Forgot and everything. And it's a very consistent album. Uh, most of the tracks, they do seamlessly move into each other and create this almost hypnotic electronica trance. And it's definitely a great album to put on in the background if you're not, you know, don't want to do too much mental work. It doesn't require an abundance of effort to listen to, um, which might be a small noticeable flaw, just because none of the tracks have any big, big moments to them. But a few like Morphine, Deviate, um, that I've mentioned before, the three of the lead singles from the album, they have this infectious energy that pulls you back in for another listen. Uh, Morphine being the more addictive track pun intended it has a sexy glossy ambience that's matched by a kitronada-esque groove but i wouldn't expect it to take very long for some killer house remixes of it to pop up on the internet it's actually what you heard on the uh, intro for this album review and overall it is an enjoyable listen and in terms of down tempo style of chill wave it has a lot to offer there's texture there's groove and the lush harmonies combined for this album to get a solid eight out of ten very excited about hearing that that is some new music from bon Iver, uh, their new album i comma i which was a bit of a surprise to me i kind of lost track of things i admit and uh, but apparently justin vernon was teasing this release since like june or july um, and he was expecting a release date of august 30th um, but he surprised everyone yesterday to, by announcing that it would be released august 9th online so digitally it is all available today but for those of you that like to collect vinyl and cds you have to wait a few more weeks on august 30th but for the meantime you can get your bon Iver dosage in and enjoy the new album so if you remember and, and listened to uh, the 2016 album 22 a million there was this huge shift into the glitchy experimental electronic genre that he was trying out um, but it worked i comma i stays up to date with that sort of infinite experimentation of the previous album, but it's a lot more polished and it's clearer and you can kind of hear um, more focused on what Vern is trying to say. Especially tracks like I Am I, which you heard on the intro, and Holy Field. It has that that uh, supersonic glitchy noise to it, but you can, uh, but also kind of captures Bon Iver's more traditional style and voice and lyricism 
that we all kind of fell in love with originally. And because of this, it reminds me a lot of Radiohead's 2016 album, uh, Moon Shaped Pool. There's a lot of pulsating textures, percussive roundness to it. It kind of creates this hypnotic energy um, while boasting Vernon's ability to stay unpredictable and true to his artistic passion, which I uh, found quite endearing. I would also recommend um, taking the album through the lyric videos that have been released online as well on YouTube. Um, he features a lot of contemporary dancers and it kind of completes the musicality and lyrical themes uh, through, the chore through the choreography. Uh, a lot of the movements complement the music quite nicely and there's a few tracks like Salem and Marion that uh, incorporate a bit of weirdness with animation as well, which is kind of fun. So it kind of gives a more uh, four-dimensional treat for this record. And for those of you who are more intrigued by the group's original folk style of music, uh, something more from their original two albums, uh, both of the aforementioned tracks like Salem and Marion, they hit at that softer folk side, especially Marion, where uh, Vernon brings out the acoustic guitar and group harmonies. And uh, there's even some fun folky instruments like a small horn section and the harmonica makes an appearance too. So once again, Bon Iver put out a fantastic album. It's honestly, it's hard to compare between the four. Uh, thus choosing a more preferred album is kind of dependent on your own subjectivity preference. So this makes a lot of sense though, because Justin Vernon intended each of the four albums to represent a different season. And this fourth one is autumn. So just as the four seasons are unique in their own way, they uh, can also be subjectively better than others. Like I'm a weirdo and I enjoy winter sometimes more than summer. So there, I said it. So Emma Forever is winter, Bon Iver, Bon Iver is spring, 22 million is summer, and I Come Eye is autumn, just to give you a head, um, just to give you an understanding of where he's coming from. But whenever you do decide to listen to it, it's a beautiful album, especially those of you who are more patient with music listening and can hear through the lyrics and pick out all the fine details of the record. It's an extremely dense record, and so much there's so much to comb through. It very much requires your full attention, and, and I Come I takes a home in a solid 9 out of 10 from me. So those are my three uh, reviews for this week. Bon Iver, I Come I, we have Torah, can't buy the mood and half alive now not yet all of which i highly recommend you check out um i'm not sure if i'm going to post the links any of the songs or anything but if not you can do your own research lazy but i do have a few other two other recommendations for this week that i was hoping to write a review for but time you know this and that i'm, I'm also kind of a lazy but uh, Raw Raw Riot, a band I've been very fond of for over the past 10 years, they released their fifth album already, Super Blue. So the New York Five piece of that, and it's a captivating and catchy collection that has quite a solid replay value. Uh, you can check out tracks Bad to Worst, which is my favorite, and Flowers to get yourself acquainted. As well, another one, another album I highly recommend this week, although I'm sure not everyone is going to be into it, uh, but Slipknot released their sixth album. They've been around since 95, technically. Their debut came out in 99, just to give you a uh, understanding. They've been around for 20 years. Oh my God, I'm getting old. And the Kings of New Metal 
did such a good job with this album. Um, I'm very relieved. I'm a bit of, I've been a fan for a long time. I was one of those weird kids in high school and elementary school and stuff that like just loved the heavy metal and uh, more aggressive style of music. And I was extremely relieved to hear that the band kept to the true sound and nothing was quite lost on it. Um, they are getting older. The music world is shifting a bit, but they are still very heavy and very angry and very loud, which I liked. So granted, this album's not for everyone, especially those of you who are faint of heart or anyone who's ever asked to keep it down. I don't recommend We Are Not Your Kind. But um, otherwise, if you're up for anything, check out the lead single, Unsainted, and All Out Life. So thank you for listening to In No Particular Order today. Before I go, though, I do want to have that one fun little segment that I decided I was going to do called Wait, Really? And uh, this is where I blow your mind with some fun music knowledge. So, um, if you are not familiar, I doubt it, because most people have heard the song at a wedding or a fun karaoke night or something. You're probably familiar with the song Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bang, right? If not, here's the trumpet. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of you makes me... Mm, so catchy, so catchy, I love it. But if you look it up, there is a second name attached to the composer credits. So not only Lou Bega, a man named Perez Prado. And that's because this hit single that we all know and love actually uses the original Mamba Number no. 5 by Perez Prado. <gasps> Wait, really? Yes, really. Check out the clip from the original Mambo Number no. 5 by Perez Prado. Vegas Mambo Number no. Five actually uses the original Mambo Number no. Five from Perez Prado from 1949, 50 years prior to the fun hit single that we all are getting groovy to at least once a year. Um, yeah, well, that's a little bit of music history that I discovered and wanted to share with all of you. I found it fascinating. Gasp! Wait, really? Yes, wait, really. I think I'm gonna try this out again next week. Anyway, thank you for listening to this week's In No Particular Order. Uh, as always, I hope you discovered at least one song or album or artist that you enjoyed. Uh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. So at IMPO Podcast for Twitter and Instagram on that. And I'll probably get back doing those things again. And since this is a Dusty Organ production, follow that on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well, at Dusty Organ. Super easy to do. Um, I might go back to posting some daily content there with singles and VPs and music videos and stuff like that if I have the time. Who knows? The future is out there. I'm not ready goodbye, so that's everything. Goodbye.
No Particular Order was produced and created by Kane Wilkinson. It was written by Kane Wilkinson. Editing was done by The Ghosts of Vine. Music was Still Alive by Half Alive, Morphine by Tora, IMI by Mordiver, Bad to Worse by Ra Ra Ride, Unsainted by Slipknot, and Mumber Number no. 5 from Perez Prado and Lou Bega. In No Particular Order is a Dusty Organ production and is recorded in front of a few house plants.